Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to my show tonight. This is the October Blitz every night this um, month. I'm doing a show on finding Mr. Right. (laughs) And uh, so I'm ringing those wedding bells for all of you single ladies out there that are looking for Mr. Right and all you single men out there that are looking for Miss Right. And tonight I'm going to talk about what is a husband because sometimes uh, Mr. Wright isn't a husband, and sometimes a husband isn't Mr. Wright. <laughs> I think most women who are looking for uh, Mr. Wright uh, are looking for a husband, so uh, I'm going to just talk uh, tonight to the ladies. Because for me, finding Mr. Wright didn't mean having a husband. Uh, I don't want a husband. I've been married. I've had a husband. I've had three children. My husband's now passed. And I don't want to be married again. I have my own home. I have a retirement uh, income that's sufficient. So I'm not looking uh, for a husband. And I want to go into this in a little more detail for the rest of you tonight. Um, The word husband comes from an old English root word, which means the manager of an estate. It actually means a householder. So a husband uh, would be a man who was a farmer and tilled his land, and he would have some kind of a house. A man who's going to be a husband would be independent and self-sufficient from his mother and his father, and he would own his own land and his own home. And he would already have his home. And from this advantage, he would then seek for a companion. The man's family in the old days would uh, be involved in picking this suitable companion for him, Uh, The man's father would negotiate a suitable price for the girl, and the arrangements would be settled between uh, the man's father and the father of the girl. Now, the girl didn't have anything to say about it, and pretty much the husband-to-be wouldn't have a lot to say about it either because the money would be paid by the groom's father to the bride's father, and this money was called the dowry. Now, this dowry remained the woman's property because um, a man could put away his wife if she was barren and couldn't produce an heir. And in this case, she would then have the dowry money for her sustenance. So the woman became husbandmaned. And um, so the husband was usually a farmer or a man who owned property in a house, and the woman became part of whatever deal the fathers of that couple made for one with one another. And sometimes it involved the land, like a lot of times those two fathers 
land would be adjoining. And so they would desire for their children to marry because this would give both of them more safety for their land. And uh, uh, as neighbors, they would also be related. So this is what a husband is. Someone who owns land, has a house, and pays to have a wife. <laughs> okay, now if you can go back, even go back a little farther in history, uh, the procedure was pretty much still the same, that the fa- husband's father would pay a dowry to the bride's father. But in the older cultures, the husband also had concubines and secondary wives in order to assure that there would be children. Now, in all cultures in the past, the women were monogamous, but the men were polygamous. And in Africa, still today, a black man can have as many wives as he has land to put them on. And the women live in a small hut that the man builds for her that has a dirt ground and a goat outside for some milk. And she grows some corn in the back of her hut and makes bread and she goes out into the forest and collects berries and she really is essentially responsible to take care of herself provide the man's sexual experiences and have the man's children and then take care of the children and that African culture is still pretty much practiced in this country today single mothers raising their children but here the government pays for the children Uh, through the ADC program. There was a black girl on Judge Judy last week who was 21 years old. She'd never been married. She had a six-year-old child and had just had a new baby, and she was getting ADC for the two kids and had just gotten Social Security disability for herself because she said uh, she had asthma and she couldn't work, and Judge Judy told her, well, how can you raise your children then if you're so disabled that you can't work? Raising kids is hard. But what astounded me is that she gets $2,100 a month total public assistance and Social Security benefits at 21 years old, having never worked. And I only get Social Security a month after having worked for 50 years. Okay, so I know we can't go back, and I'm not advocating that things were better in the good old days, but I do believe that there can be some principles of truth uh, that uh, from our ancient relatives that are worth reviewing here, because in the Mayan ancient Mayan culture. If a young man was ready to be married, the groom's father would meet with the priest or the shaman, and they would look at the birth date and the names of several different available girls in their community. And together they would consult the astrological charts of each girl and compare it with the charts of the young man to make sure that it was a desirable match in the eyes of the gods. And then they also studied their names uh, because in the ancient cultures, when a baby was born, the shaman would listen for the baby's sound, 
for the sound of that particular individual's unique vibration because each one of us has a signature vibration, a code, if you will, that delineates our unique creation. And that vibration has a sound. And from that sound, the name of the baby would be chosen, and then this name identified that particular soul. So this shaman would study the names of the various combinations of males and females and listen to the tone of each name and then be able to tell if the two tones blended well together or if they were not in harmony with each other. Because any of you musicians out there, I play the piano, you know that a C sharp does not sound good with a G note. It would be better to have a C sharp and a B flat together. Then they could make beautiful music together. So then the best girl for the groom would be chosen and the arrangements would be made between the groom's father and the bride's father and the dowry would be determined and paid. Now, also in the ancient cultures, when the woman was purchased for the man, the woman's price depended, uh, first of all, on how much land the man had, how healthy he was, but also the type of life that the woman was used to. So dowries were estimated at whatever the cost would be to take care of that woman for the rest of her life in the manner in which she was accustomed. So a woman whose father was well established and had provided her with a certain level of comfort would require more of a dowry than a poorer family. Now, I worked with a Persian girl when I worked at the bank, and this is a this is a story of today. This is not ancient cultures. <laughs> this is now. <laughs> and she explained to me that her dowry price was very high. She did say that, however, that there were five uh, men who could qualify to pay her dowry, and she said her father let her look at the pictures of each one of them, and she picked the one that she thought was the handsomest. And then it turned out that he wasn't the richest, but he was able to pay her dowry price. Now, remember, this wasn't thousands of years ago. (laughs) This wasn't just last year. (laughs) And in all times and all cultures, the dowry has always remained the woman's exclusive property. Now, today, this expression of the woman's dowry is still alive and well. It is the engagement ring. And in our days, these engagement rings have gotten bigger and bigger. I mean, so far, Paris Hilton has scored the biggest uh, engagement ring at 24 carats, priced at $4.7 million. But she said that it was too big and bulky, and so she traded it in for a smaller version. (laughs) Beyonce's ring is the most expensive ever in the history of engagement rings. At $5 million, it was 20 carats. And Kim Kardashian is third. Uh, her Her first engagement ring was 16 carats at $2 million. Uh, for her marriage that lasted uh, 75 days. 
And lastly, Catherine Zeta-Jones and Jennifer Aniston are tied for fourth place with 10-carat diamond rings reportedly valued at $1 million each. Now, most property laws in most of all of the countries of the world, of course, here in California, we have community property. Always the dowry is the woman's exclusive property forever. I remember years ago, Zsa Zsa Gabor was asked if the engagement ring should be given back if the couple doesn't get married or even breaks up after the marriage. And she says, oh, darling, give back the ring, but keep the stone. (laughs) (coughs) But the woman always keeps the dowry, and that is what our modern-day divorce settlements are based on. You know, the way for the woman to have some means of taking care of herself and the children once she doesn't have a husband. Now, in ancient Babylon, there was a marriage contract without which the civil code ruled that the woman was not a wife and had no rights or privileges. And today, if there is no marriage contract, which in, you know, in our time is a marriage license that is issued by the court, signed by a witness and a certified minister of the law, and filed with the Secretary of State. And if the woman doesn't have this, she has no rights. And women find this out on Judge Judy all the time. This one woman was telling the judge that she had done this and she had done that, and she was with this guy for two years and lived with him, and she was suing him for half of everything they had, you know, part of the house, et cetera, et cetera. So Judge Judy just interrupted her and said, Wait, 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 young woman. You were not his wife. You were his live-in girlfriend. You have no rights as a wife. You two were not married. You get nothing. Case dismissed. And Judge Judy walked out, leaving the woman shocked and speechless. And the guy just smiled and sauntered out of the courtroom, footloose and fancy-free. This guy had gotten everything he wanted, in the relationship. And one of the stories I tell in my book, 17 Things to Do While Waiting for Mr. Wright, is a time when I was waiting in the wings at the Ritz-Carlton in Dana Point to do a ceremony. And the girl who was going to sing a special song during the ceremony was standing with me. She was a college friend of the bride, and she had written this special song for the ceremony. But tears were streaming down her face. So I went over to her. I put my arms around her shoulders, and I said, what is wrong? And she said, oh, it's all so beautiful. And we were peeking through the curtains at all of the gorgeous decorations and the beautiful flowers and the string quartet was playing. And I asked her, I said, are you married? She said, no. So I asked her, do you have a boyfriend? She said, yes. Well, how long have you been together? Three years. Is he here with you at the wedding today? Yes. Do you live together? Yes. And I said, my dear, he has everything he wants and needs. Do you? And she said, no, I want to be married. 
I believe every woman wants to be married. And if you're living with your boyfriend right now, just know he has everything he wants and needs. I mean, a man needs a companion for sex, food to eat. And I don't say this to be mean, but a man is really simple. And when a man thinks of a woman, he thinks, feed me, feed me, give me sex, give me sex. Back in these ancient cultures, it was true then. It's still true today. I asked my Mr. Wright one time what he thought the greatest power a woman has in a man's life, and he said, her vagina. Now, if there are men listening, you need to know that I am not a feminist. I do believe it is a man's world. I want it to stay a man's world. I believe the men should run things, but I believe that a man is at his best when he has his sure and pure complement his twin flame, if you will, by his side in an active influence in his life. I believe a man is at his best when he knows he is loved and totally supported by his wife. Then he can go out and slay the dragons, but knowing there is a safe haven to come home to where he is loved and all his needs are attended to. Now, I can hear you women saying now, well, wait a minute, Marcianne, what about the woman? Well, if you want a husband, what you are seeking is a man who has a home for you where you will live so you can take care of him and give him children. This is what a husband is. So what do you want, a husband to provide you with a home and security? and if this is what a husband is and this is what a husband wants, then a woman needs to set up a different set of rules for herself to find a husband. A husband is a man who is independent and self-sufficient, owns a home, and is able to provide for a companion. A husband is a man who is settled in his profession, is on his career path. And just let me tell you, Now, what I believe is the most perfect story of all of my stories of brides and grooms. I married this couple who came here to California to be married at the beach from Texas. The man was 42 years old, never been married. He had very steadily and almost methodically pursued his education, college all the way through to his master's degree, And upon graduation, he started working in the restaurant business in management. Then he saved his money and purchased one restaurant and ran it and then got another restaurant. And now he owns three restaurants where he lives in Texas. And now he's getting married. So I talked to him while we were waiting for the bride to arrive, and I asked him about this journey of his. And he said that he had always had a relationship with God, and he said he trusted the intuition and guidance that he believed he received from the Spirit of God that he knew quickened his mortal body and led and guided him into all truth. And he said that he was guided into getting his education and getting himself solidly secure and being able to provide for himself and then confident enough that he could also provide for his companion and children. As he said that he, when he knew that he had reached this point for his life, 
and he felt ready for his true love to come into his life, she did. He said she just showed up, (laughs) and he knew right away. And they had been together from the very first day they met. And then he revealed this private information to me as we waited for the bride that they had just found out that she is pregnant. They had booked the wedding with me about six months before this, so they weren't getting married because she was pregnant. But the fact that they had just found out that she was pregnant just seemed so perfect to him. He was just ecstatic. And he was so happy to be able to tell this to me because he was just bursting <laughs> to be able to tell somebody, and uh, which, of course, now they will be able to do. So everything was absolutely perfect for him. He had his education. He had his business. He was solidly successful. And now he was going to be a husband and a father, all in one great big package that was this woman who was now walking down the aisle toward us. And she was gorgeous. And she also... Uh, She was a little younger than him, but she also had never been married before. And she was brought in on the arm of her father because she had also been trusting God to bring her the one who was astrologically and spiritually perfect for her. And I have to tell you, this man was also gorgeous. And I told him, you are about the most perfect representative of the male sex I have ever married. Six foot one inches tall, handsome, successful, a godly man. I said, gosh, I didn't even know there were anyone, any like you left in the world. (laughs) I said, she is a lucky woman. But he said, I am the lucky man. Well, I just have to say luck didn't have anything to do with this. I believe there was a level within the heart of this man and this woman. A level. Do you know what a level is? A level is an instrument that can be used to test the accuracy of the plane of something, and a level is set to a standard of 0.0005 inches per foot resolution. So what I'm saying here is that this man and this woman had set standards, very strict standards, as strict as point zero 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 five inches per foot resolution for what they wanted in their life, for what they wanted in a companion, and they applied the standards of their level to every single person. And only the one who measured up was considered. It's our playing field, folks. We set the rules and regulations. So first of all, if you're a woman who is single, you need to decide what you want. Do you want to be married? Do you want a husband? Why do you want a husband? Do you want a home and to be taken care of? Let's set the standards for your level that you are going to play with each candidate to see if he qualifies. Now with the advent of pretty dependable birth control methods, and a lot of the women uh, are having casual sex. You know, today the man can get what he needs with having to do anything. 
He doesn't have to have an education. He doesn't have to have a job. He doesn't have to have a home. He doesn't have to get married. He doesn't even have to be single. And I remember when I visited Amsterdam, I mean, I keep telling their story, this story. There's a red light district in downtown Amsterdam Amsterdam, where there are these little shops along the street, you know, with big windows. And you can walk down this street and look at the And you can see girls sitting on a chair, lying on a bed, doing exercises. or <laughs> Sometimes they're just standing right there at the window looking back at you. And these girls are for, for hire, for sex. Because prostitution is legal in Amsterdam. Prostitution has been an acceptable way for men to get their sexual needs met in all of the cultures here on the earth. But more recently, starting in about the 16th century, when attitudes about sexuality changed under the influence of the Catholic Church and the eventual rise of Protestantism, sexual activities were then mandated to only be tolerated within marriage. And church and state were not separated then. So what was defined by the church as a sin was also defined as a crime by the government. Although these religious dictates didn't stop the British royalty or Frenchmen or all other societies from having their mistresses and going to prostitutes. And actually, the job of mistress was pursued by young women in those days because they got a salary and they were provided food, clothing, and shelter. And the wives were perfectly okay with their husbands going off to their mistresses because the wife knew that their position was secure. They were the wife and the mother of the children, and they were considered honorable in society. The mistress was considered dishonorable, even though it was an acceptable profession. Did you know that recently Governor Brown here in California signs a bill that now allows prostitution. It is no longer considered a crime here. And this is the first step towards legalized prostitution, and I say let's get on with it. Crime, sexual harassment, rape, assault, groping, inappropriate sexual advances, etc., etc., etc. Everything that is going on today, ad nauseum, could be practically eliminated if we had legalized prostitution. And as far as a woman being a prostitute, well, I think women are being debased and used and abused far worse today than in prostitution by living together with a man, working, paying all her own bills, and still providing food and sex to the man. So what about today? Would you consider accepting the position of the woman who's living with a man Would you feel honorable, or is it just acceptable now within the society, or that's the only way that it is? Because I believe that every woman wants the validation of marriage, and this is what I say in my marriage ceremony. We are here today to celebrate. We are celebrating and validating bride and groom's love by joining them together in marriage. Validation means to give official sanction, confirmation, and approval. I believe the woman needs this validation of her status. I mean, Dr. Laura used to say on her show, you don't invite a girlfriend or a live-in girlfriend to a family gathering like a funeral or a wedding. I mean, even if 
She's not family. A woman needs to be validated in her connections. And then I say the highest form of love between a man and a woman is in a monogamous relationship where neither one uh, has any desire to be with anyone else. And since most couples live together today before they're married, I also say, and the marriage is the public and legal union together of two souls who have already been joined together and united as one in their hearts. I have always said that the man needs sex and the woman needs a home. And to me, the act of intercourse is a significant expression of this. The man enters the woman's vagina, and the walls of the vagina surround the penis and give him pleasure. And the man provides the home for the woman, and she feels his arms around her in intercourse while she is in the walls of the home that he provides for her. I have always said the arms of a man around a woman have to mean something. These arms that hold us and surround us and make us feel safe as our expression of his love for us, which has to be translated into the walls of a home where we can live and feel safe. A woman needs to feel safe. She needs to feel protected. And a woman needs to feel loved, protected, and safe. And all of you women out there who have become self-sufficient and are taking men's places in corporations and businesses, you know, police women wearing a gun and truck drivers, and you feel you can take care of yourself and you don't need a man to provide you a home or take care of you, well, then the only thing the man has to provide for you then is sex. And this is why our culture is now all about sex and nothing else. And now the women are in competition with each other as to who is going to provide the sex for the man. And so women are wearing less and less and getting bigger and bigger boobs in an effort to stand out from the crowd and be the one that the man chooses for sex. Do you know how how backwards this is? (laughs) In the animal kingdom, which is supposed to be a lesser kingdom than we are, the males have to vie for the attentions of the women. The males fight each other in order to demonstrate their dominance, to demonstrate they are the best, the strongest and best representation of the species. Well, in my 20 years of marrying couples at the beach, every single bride has desired a monogamous relationship. So I say in the ceremony, I say to them, women are naturally, and I would almost say biologically, monogamous. But men aren't naturally monogamous. If a man is uh, touched in his heart above his waist and he is allowed, encouraged and then allowed to have time to fall in love, then he not only is going to want his woman to be monogamous, when it comes down to a man choosing a woman he wants to marry, I don't think he wants a woman who's been with ten other men before him. A man who loves his wife can be monogamous and sex can be within an environment of loving and being loved beyond the limits of just his sexual needs because the man has the need for the warmth and comfort of the woman 
And a man who has had a good, nurturing, loving mother will be used to this, and he will be less damaged than a man who has been either abandoned by his mother or was raised by caregivers and babysitters. I mean, a man needs to sometimes be able to just lay in the woman's arms to have a place where he can let down, where he cannot feel like he has to be strong to perform, to succeed, but he knows he's still loved. I know we women want this too, but the man needs to know that he is loved and he's approved by his woman and that he makes his woman happy and not just sexually. He wants his companion to be happy and he wants to know that he contributes to her happiness. You know, a man can't stand to have much criticism and complaining from his woman because this undermines his opinion of himself. It's important that the woman think that her man is wonderful and to tell him so. The man needs to hear that he's doing good. A man likes to hear that he's wonderful, and a woman likes to hear that she's beautiful. <laughs> well, is Mr. Wright a husband to you? Are you? What are you expecting from Mr. Wright? And if, if Mr. Wright is a husband for you, then what do you expect in your husband? So your homework this week is to go to uh, my website, www.mrwrightforme.com, and on pages 50 and 51, you can download for free uh, a worksheet, My Perfect Life Partner. And by doing this, you're going to set that level for your partner in your heart. And then you will have your list, and you can then measure every single encounter by the level of the standards that you set for yourself. And that's my show for tonight. (laughs) I'm going to ring those wedding bells for you.